Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's for Hire podcast and we are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about everything to do with film. As always I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how's it going? A week's worth of news. We actually have a week's worth of movie news to talk about. (laughs) We have at least one story, yes. Good God. Well, I'm sure it's mm. the one that's in the headline of the episode, let's be honest. <laughs> that's all we have. Um, we had no director was every single week in the quarantine because, like, nobody's going anywhere. Everything's come to a standstill. So every week I come into this episode take it fuck, there's going to be nothing. And I do a bit of research. Turns out Hollywood has just decided to keep going, just behind the scenes, and to just keep casting people and making plans, but obviously nothing's got into production just yet, but that doesn't mean everybody's stopped, thankfully. In many ways, plans and speculation is the most ideal thing to talk about on a podcast. Because you can just go nuts with rumors, slander, rumors and accusations. I would even accept slander. I would (laughs) accept slander as just a viable form of entertainment. I'd love that if you as a newspaper editor, just like lads. (laughs) At this point, I'd accept slander. (laughs) uh, Right. Look, do you know how much shit that I have to? I'm putting this show together, right? I'm trying to find news stories. But every week I find... Because all, all these news sites, like, they have to fill pages. Yeah. But there's nothing happening. So we get to choose, say, we get to pick seven stories that we like. But they have to put out, like, ten stories a day. Every day. And so it's just like... Blake Lively tweeted this. <laughs> it's like, right, cool. Yeah, thanks. I, what I'm getting a lot of is the fans rewatched Endgame and they found this shocking detail. Yeah. <laughs> Ten things you missed in this movie from 2016. But I, oh my but god, we've absolutely talked about those things that we supposedly missed. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, ten things you missed in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. There are Guardians of the Galaxy. Good oh. God. Lads, Jeez, they've done. Um, they've done it. So this, 
<laughs> so this is Movie Monday, Sean, and oh, I also want to say, just before we get into it, that we released our Patreon-exclusive uh, Pelp episode on Saturday. It was about, we this week, this month I should say, we covered The Phantom Menace, everybody's favourite Star Wars movie. Universally loved. Mm-hmm, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, so if, you, if you're interested in listening to that, head over to our Patreon, um, it's $5 a month and you get exclusive episodes, just every single month, a new review. So, Sean, yes. we are starting this week yes. with a trailer. It's not often we have trailers, because obviously everyone's on, everyone, everything's on hold. But there's one man that says, no, we're still bringing out trailers. That is Christopher Nolan, the man who does movies that he sometimes looks up his own hole and thinks, I'm great. <laughs> but he's also really, oh, really yes. good. <laughs> so, I don't know what your actual view on Christopher Nolan is now. I think, I think he's really, really good, but... Interstellar kind of was like, ah, lads. It's a bit wanky, like. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit wank. Um, But Christopher Nolan, his new movie is out. It's called Tenet. The trailer arrived, the second trailer, I should say, um, on the 22nd of this month. Yes. Sean, we have watched it. I have notes. This trailer makes no sense. Where do you want to start? Like, this trailer literally makes no sense. (laughs) And... (laughs) I don't know if it's like, because I don't remember the trailer for Inception. I don't remember how I felt watching that. But watching mm. this, I was just like, I think I'm becoming an old man. Because I was just like, ah, I'm never going to fucking follow this. <laughs> You're past your prime. I it's think I, mentally, yes, surely. Yeah. But like, oh, well, wait, you've had your prime mentally. Just, we want to make that clear. Oh, yeah, like. 13 that was when I was my funniest <laughs> it's that, that year you were fucking winning quizzes all over the land I, was, I wasn't even allowed in the pub to do the pub quiz I just kept winning <laughs> <laughs> but it's like first first of all I think it's a cool premise but mm. they need we're gonna have to have like the Inception style exposition dump of this is how it works but it's in simple so, enough. At some stage in this movie, yes. Yeah, and it's simple enough that you can understand it at a surface level, but complex enough that you know people will write articles about it and say ten that things. That you get you to have a guy, that guy in college, be like, "You didn't get." It. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a <laughs> mansplainer's dream. It. This movie. <laughs> this movie is, and we will not even begin to try to fucking explain it. No, <laughs> the best, like, like tone wise, like. What I got was like it's a weird mix of Inception, Looper, and John Wick, and James Bond, and James Bond, and a bit. possibly a bit of Bourne. It's a spy organization. See, normally with these trailers, right, is they release say the three minute trailer, even Fast and Furious, any of the Marvel movies. I write down the notes of what I see in the trailer one by one, mm-hmm. and so we can go through them, hit the hit the points, the main points of the trailer. In this one, I just have question marks beside a lot of things. So I just have time travel, double question mark. Then I have spy organization. Okay, that's explained. That we sh- we um we see um John David Washington, who is an amazing actor. Um, and I, I think this is he's going to be his big break, and I'm really excited for him. He was in um, Black Clansman as well, and he's great at that. Oh, okay. Um, but um, he is, like, in the spy organization. You see him fighting. And then the lady, which I think is the exposition dump, says that they're doing this to prevent World War Three. But I've no idea how that fits into him reversing time 
or is that, yeah. meaning nothing. Is that a power that he has, or is that a power that they give him? Is it a power? Yeah. Is, is it, a, like, it's not superpowers. So, is it... <laughs> my brain, Sean. We're not smart but, enough to figure this but out. But that's the thing, Connor, is that in this trailer, it says from the visionary director behind the Batman trilogy. Like, mm. if that's the audience they're going for with this... Because the Batman trilogy, you can come into that on, with like a surface level knowledge of Batman. He's a fucking maniac in a bat suit. This Done. is this is a lot more deep end than that. I feel. Yeah, this is this might be Interstellar and um, oh my god, what's what's the Inception? Ince- it's Interstellar yeah. and Inception added together. But in I, terms of what this is going to do to the audience. But will this do, like, a, a memento-style thing, where it doesn't take place in... Like, you don't watch it in order? Do you think that's going to happen? Uh, surely. Surely this the end... Is the last, the first scene it will be the last scene. Has to be. Because it's... Everything about this is a palindrome. Like, Tenet. And yeah. That, and Tenet is, like, belief, or rules, or faith, or something like that. Oh, I have the whole explanation for Tenet, where they think that comes from. The official synopsis I have here, if you'd like. I would love to. I would love to hear it. <laughs> okay. if we, I'm surely this synopsis will clear this up. We have all these questions, it'll clear it up. <laughs> so, John David Washington is the new protagonist in Christopher Nolan's original sci-fi action spectacle. <laughs> sci-fi action spectacle, Tenet. Adjectives. Armed with all- and armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through the through a twilight world. Twilight, why would you throw that in there? Because the paths, come on now. Twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Not time travel, but inversion. I'm more confused. I am very more confused. Oh, like, <laughs> the word Tenet like, is like important in this like I think well, inversion is a better lie, title it, it may lie in history Sean because I have a clue that somebody has come up with that is so just oh man <laughs> right, right. the, the Sator square or Rota square is a word square containing a five word Latin palindrome it contains five words, the central word being tenet, made up of 25 letters, and it reads exactly the same forwards as it does backwards. It can be found across Europe, and has been located on many different buildings, walls, and urban dwellings as early as 79 AD. The most famous version is in France. One likely translation of the square is, the farmer Arapo has has as works wheels a plough, which makes no sense, but that is somebody doing research. It comes from a Latin palindrome, five-word square. (laughs) Okay, so it is a bit wanky. (laughs) A bit! (laughs) Just a little little touch of it there now. Do you think that the movie will revolve around a certain point of time, or, what about this, halfway through the movie, it it starts backwards... It repeats itself backwards in the second half of the story. But he already... Oh, man. Oh. Maybe. So it's a palindrome of a movie. It's probably going to be that. Also, (laughs) they're missing a trick if the credits don't go from top to bottom in this. There's so much (laughs) wag stuff you could do. (laughs) There's so many possibilities. But, like, okay. 
also the the last line in this trailer is also it, it, like it, it's it's in the place of where the action movie tagline should be but yes. it's the most batshit insane sentence when you break it down it's like just be- because we're doing this now doesn't mean that it doesn't it mean that it never happened yeah <laughs> So you also um, that's from Robert Pattinson who's also in this, and he looks really good. He looks the exact same as Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan gave him his hair. That's true, but also like this is like kind of Bruce Wayne with the suits and such. That guy, some someone should cast him as Batman. God, he'd be uh, good, no, the last the last scene is uh, the plane crash in the trailer where oh yeah, like, sorry, oh nothing that extravagant. And then the plane, well, it's a little bit. That plane crash apparently was all practical as well. They got a plane, they drove it straight into a building. Sounds expensive, but also I'm all about it. It does. Um, Other things I have down here is, of course, Prevent World War Three from whom? Who's who's doing this? For what reason? Who's the standard bad guy now? Because it used to be the Germans, then it was the Russians. Hmm. Sorry, I say the Germans. The Nazis. <laughs> Distinct difference, yes. True. Big difference there. Um, yeah, the Russians. Who else came in? It was more... No, I thought it was more a vague sense of Eastern Europe at one stage. That Yeah, that's probably it as well. I think now what it might be is secret society that's actually infiltrated your own ranks. Yeah, it, it, technology. Technology's technology the bad like guy. Hydra. Hydra and Javier Bardem. <laughs> um, you have Michael Caine is in this. He just had one scene for Michael Caine just to remind us all, lads, it's all going to be okay. Lads, we're here. friends. <laughs> we're friends. Michael's here. I was, I was kind of like, okay, if Michael Caine's in this, that's fine. I'm more, I'm calmer now. Now that I know Big Mickey C is there. Um, yeah, Big Mickey C. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also able to communicate with the future um, his goodness and fire bullets it catches bullets Sean surely you'd What's want a gun on? that could do both <laughs> this is useless because he's already oh this fucking makes no sense because the bullets have already been shot Sean they've already been shot but does that mean he can take like surely if it's time travel sorry time inversion uh, yeah he he's sucking his own bullets back into his gun. So then, does that make people like come back to life? But does he wander into a situation that he's already been to, and then it? But but then that's a different situation. <laughs> my brain, my brain, Sean. Why? Oh, no. Why did Nolan tackle time travel? And we thought Inception was bad. I know. Also, I love a big part of this trailer. Do you know, it doesn't give like a vague release date. The only thing it says is coming to theatres. Oh, but it still says um, on the on their Twitter page that it is coming to theatres on the 17th of July. They have not changed that yet. But you, so is the selling point in, of this in the movie that it will be in the cinema? Yeah, it's coming to theatres. We covered this, I think it was either last week or the week before, where... Um, Christopher Nolan was saying this is still coming out on the 17th of July and, and he has not changed that everyone's pointing to it as like this is this is a real gauge for the re- Hollywood for the rest of the year where if this comes out do you out think and does this well, movie 
I was going to say, do you think this movie would make a lot of money even if movies were still coming out normal? But it's Christopher Nolan, it's a summer blockbuster, it would make like a billion dollars, easy. I was reading up on it, apparently it needs to make, to make its, you know, to make profit, I think it's between 500 and 600 million dollars it needs to make. Well, they crashed a plane into a building. They're expensive. Um, also, they don't just fall off. Rumor, rumor has it Christopher Nolan's getting twenty percent of the first dollar gross. Holy shit! Yeah. All right. <laughs> so he wants it to do real well. How did he organize that deal? Fucking. I guess he wrote and directed it, so I think he has I some s- clout there. I suppose. Um, it also has. I also have the line of, "How would you like to die old?" And then the very next scene is the car crash, but it's in reverse time and the car goes back onto the road. Yeah. Which, I'm worried that this film is going to be a lot of set pieces and nothing really, like, it, like that, that they'll have a cool effect. But what's going to come of that, you know? I think the movie, I mean, it looks great, just as how it's shot, but that, Christopher Nolan, we expect nothing less. Like, yeah. He's he's an amazing filmmaker. It's just the plot of this. I mean, maybe we're just too dumb to understand. I that's completely a possibility here. But watching it, I've seen two trailers here. I know less than I did when I before I even started. Yeah, and I don't know. I think this is this movie is a film student's dream. I think. Because it's Christopher Nolan, first of all, and then it's a concept that you really have to work at. Like, I think you have to work to understand this movie. Just based off the one trailer I've seen a couple of times, I must <laughs> I must clarify. Well, to be fair, the trailer is meant to get you more interested in the movie. So, Sean, are you more interested in this movie after the trailer? I am, actually, but I'm still not going to the cinema to see it in July. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think, even if Batman the Dark Knight came out, I'd be like, no, I'll just wait, it'll be fine. Yeah, even if Endgame was coming out, I'd probably say, might give it a miss for a few weeks. Just a few weeks, just maybe until late, later, maybe even September, no, I'd, wait it out. Yeah, and I do think they're in a place that if, you know, they have the opening weekend and it's doing awful, I think they might try and set up like a hurried pay-per-view service kind of thing oh yeah that might make sense you know so you still get that theatrical release and it'll probably be you know it like it'll still probably make decent money on release but then you get also the audience that does want to see it but you know like a box office kind of thing like i mean big wrestling or boxing and all that they do box office all the time and pay-per-view Exactly. Like you could yeah. do a pay per view on live um, just for this movie. But the problem is, once it's released once, someone will just take it immediately and put it on the internet. That's the thing. Now, and look, that's going to happen, but you need what they need to do in that case is you make it so stupidly easy to just pay for it and watch it that, you know, trying to find a stream is more of a hassle. Yeah, no, I, I understand that, yeah, but I I mean, people will still, I think. People are always. <laughs> not go- saying I would. Yeah, but people are always going to. Yeah. Do it. Like, that. that's why all the Oscars movies are the most pirated movies, because they, the submission tape that they send into the Academy, that always leaks and always gets put up online. Yeah. Um, so the Tenet trailer has come out. 
time travel, but not time travel. It's inversion. Everything that's already happened has already happened. Looks like a very, very interesting concept. Um, and I just, I'm just trying to figure out what it's all about. So I'm actually, I would like to watch it just to see if I'm smart enough to figure it out. That is a good way of putting it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like use it as a test for your mental fortitude. <laughs> Fuck, I failed again. This, this is not a watch drunk kind of movie, I don't think. Oh, you, imagine watching this drunk or high. <laughs> what the fuck what is going is on? on? <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, Sean, and that is... I mean, I threw this in just to excite you, right? Mm. Now, a lot of movies, a lot of places are going back to work, slowly but surely. And one thing that we're all very excited about is the movie business, slowly, movies are going... Back to the studio lot. And one movie in particular. Avatar 2. Oh, Shoot, to resume in New Zealand next week. Are we all excited? Avatar 2's back on track. Surely, yes. Surely a lot of Avatar could be done in, like, a computer. See, you would think that, but James needs to be down there. Mr. Cameron needs to be there. Just to point at things. Like, I guess everyone keeps two metres away from James Cameron anyway. <laughs> Five meters, five or six. <laughs> Couple of miles <laughs> below the ocean. No, that's where he gets you. <laughs> that's where. Then you're in his turf. <laughs> you're in his land. Uh, so Avatar is. They've resumed, or they will be resuming. They will be resuming next week, um, and this is because they are shooting, as we all know, two, three, four, and five, nearly concurrently. So they got a lot, a lot. There's a lot of film yet to be done. Despite the fact that that nearly killed Peter Jackson to do three movies like that. Mm. Yeah, but James Cameron, he's like Peter Jackson. They're all three hour long movies. We make every Avatar movie forty five minutes, five movies. <laughs> we make them a short. Less competition <laughs> at the Oscars, baby. Nailed it. <laughs> Imagine Avatar came out with an Oscar short. What's an Oscar short? Under thirty. Uh, yeah, under 30, I think. Oh, man, that would be amazing. I would actually watch them. That's when I'd watch the Avatar movies, is when they're condensed yeah. into half an hour, maybe 24 minutes with ad breaks. I think at this, in these difficult times, everybody's under a lot of stress. Everybody needs some pick-me-ups. And I found out Avatar will go back shooting, so Avatar 2 is back on track. That really picked me up. I'm like, now I can go about my day in a happy way. I'm like, now there's a different mm. intangible enemy. <laughs> Somebody tweeted that to James Cameron. <laughs> now there's a different enemy and it's you, James. It's you, thank you for giving... You've, you've now split my focus between pandemic <laughs> and... Now, Cameron, Cameron himself opened up about the pandemic, or the impact of the pandemic on the sequels. And he said, it's putting a major crimp in our stride here, he said. Um, hmm. I wanted to get back to work at Avatar, which right now we're not allowed to do under the obviously the laws and rules. So it's all on hold now. He also said that he was optimistic due to the way that New Zealand has handled the virus, which has proven to be yet another trustworthy James Cameron instinct. Another <laughs> trustworthy James Cameron instinct. Those famous instincts that he has. <laughs> he like- told us Terminator 5 was amazing. And he said, and I quote, now this is just an instinct, but... <laughs> <laughs> this is the James Cameron instinct. Everyone knows it. Um, New Zealand well, as well. Like to be fair, they have done really well. But I also like don't push it because what a film 
production tends to do is that it brings people in from a lot of places and localises them all in one place. Imagine if the thing that took New Zealand back out of doing fucking so well hell. was fucking Avatar 2. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they're one of the leading countries in this whole thing and everyone's like, wow, they're fucking great. Avatar 2 took them out. <laughs> fucking t- like it would be a... They wouldn't release the movie, would they? If it was their fault that like New Somehow Zealand Somehow Avatar fell. ruins everything. Everything. <laughs> everything it touches it turns to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron is shooting more of the live action part of the sequels with the extensive post production largely unaffected by the global health crisis we've got everybody everybody at the Weta Digital and Lightstorm working from home to the extent that is possible he told Empire but my work is on the stage doing the virtual cameras and so on so I can do a bit of editing but it's not great for me I want to be back in there he's got Windows he's Movie Maker on to his laptop why are we so mean to James Cameron? He did Terminator 2, in fairness, which is one of the best movies of all time. It's true. He also did Titanic, which is very good. Which is very long, correct. <laughs> and those are the two films he's made. I actually don't yeah. hate the first Avatar. I think it doesn't deserve sequels. Well, sorry, it doesn't deserve four sequels. Announced mm, maybe years three. in advance. Three would be enough. Like, even one. <laughs> I'd I'd give him one, but you know, ten years later, yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it was the it, it was in many ways it was the length of time was my issue. If you brought it out in twenty twelve, nobody would have an issue, James. Everybody was very high up on Avatar, but the longer it's gone past, people have been like, that movie was it made a lot of money, but I kind of can't even remember what happened. Avatar it's directly weird. led to me having a series of headaches. Because of 3D glasses. <laughs> so, so you actually have like a vendetta against it just as a production. I'm saying I have a motive. Yeah, no, a motive to hate it, which I'm happy enough. I'm always glad when you have a motive to hate anything. That's true, because usually really I'm funnier. a passive boy. <laughs> yeah, normally I'm the one that's like, no, that's a bit shit. You're like, well, it's not that bad, but I'm willing to allow this and stoke these fires. Avatar told me... It doesn't like your family. So, fucking... Well, tell Avatar that at least I have decent character development and a plot device (laughs) that doesn't revolve around unobtainium. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking down these notes and sending them a text later on. Do. Er, James, I have a fucking note for you to take down, boy. Um, (laughs) New Zealand says hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Avatar 2, 3, 4 and 5 back on track. They are going back to do some more filming because everybody can't wait another day. Um, but another movie we all can't wait for, Sean, yeah. is a movie we mentioned last week. Oh, God. A uh, movie by one Roland Emmerich. Oh. Everyone's favourite movie maker. It, it consistently makes movies, at the very least. I was thinking of um, naming maybe a Roland Emmerich segment for the show. Maybe like uh, roll up, roll up. There's news. <laughs> Emmerich. <laughs> roll up, roll up, rolling Emmerich. Something like that. Because I feel we're going to be hearing a lot of news about this. Of course, 
Roald Emmerich is doing a movie called Moonfall, which we discovered last week. The plot of which is that the moon falls out of the sky. Don't ask how, it just fucking happens. Don't how that is, ask how that isn't the end of the movie, because everyone does. <laughs> Surely that's the end. <laughs> Nobody can stop that. Um, you also have the fact that Roland Emmerich did Independence Day. He did, he did uh, Godzilla, which bought movies that came out in the 90s. Yep. He also did... Independence Day 2 and this is where he kind of lost and he did 2012 and he did Day After Tomorrow and just general destruction movies like like almost to a fault he's done destruction movies and so last week we covered the fact that Josh Gad has joined the cast as he's going to be play, playing a scientist who first discovers that the moon is falling out of its orbit. This leads to an outer space mission where a ragtag team will go to the moon in an attempt to prevent the destruction of Earth. Sound familiar? <clears throat> so, according to Lionsgate... A new star has been added to the cast. Because roll up, roll up, there's more Emmerich news. Oh my god, I'm actually liking that name. Thank you. (laughs) The the new cast member is Halle Berry. Oscar winner Halle Berry is going to the moon. (laughs) Oh no, Halle Berry. (laughs) Which, to be fair, if the moon comes to Earth, that's a short trip. That is true. That is Mm. true. That's That's gonna make space travel a lot more accessible. A lot more. It takes like an hour and a half to get there now. Um, so the Oscar winner will play a former astronaut who is now a NASA administrator. Her her particular importance to the plot comes from a previous space space mission, which will somehow be connected to to the current impending catastrophe. She set somehow. a time bomb on the moon. <laughs> Somehow, it's somehow connected to the moon, somehow falling out of the sky, and Josh Gad is there somehow. And so you've got Halle Berry, you've, jo- you've got Josh Gad in a ragtag team. We've only got two members. How many counts as a team? Five? Six? I can't wait to see who's left. I would say, I would say five for a team. Mm. Like five, And you've, you, you've got the astronaut, and you've got the scientist. What other cliches are left? Soldier. Hothead soldier. soldier. Uh, yeah, true. Who do you have? We have a scientist, but do we have like, like a because what what kind of science is it as well? I'm, See, it's Roland Emmerich, so it's going to be something bad. What about sexy scientist? <laughs> could be. Could, oh. I'm trying. Roland Emmerich is the dis- dis- disaster movie version of Michael Bay, so I'm trying to think of along his lines what he would do. Is there like a like a a rookie? Kind of, kind oh, of rookie who dies. Rookie, rookie who, who dies, dies is definitely going to be there. Yeah, and oh, and he, he's going to die a hero. And but there's going to be an older gentleman dead as well. Like you're no. going to have to have an elder statesman of the group. But he, that's true. But you also need someone to inevitably turn on everyone and go mad. Oh yeah, and and that that can't be the hothead soldier because he has to redeem himself and show that he's not a bad guy after all. Okay, so you've got you've got Halle Berry, who's astronaut. You've yeah. got Josh Gad, scientist. You've got rookie soldier. Yeah. No, you've got rookie. You've got the the soldier who's a hothead. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the the elder statesman. Elder statesman. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's a team of five. That's our that's our team of five, and then maybe we can throw in the guy who goes mental, and they have to kill him and never talk about it again. <laughs> 
the guy who's like, you know what? I think the moon coming down would be a good idea. I'm, I'm with it. And they, they just all beat him at once. <laughs> it keeps, he's like throwing up a little bit of rope to try and pull it down. Oh, maybe he's a cowboy. Oh, he could be a cowboy. Oh, there has to be like a... Actually, one way to save this movie, cast Matthew McConaughey. Just as Matthew McConaughey? Just as Matthew McConaughey. He can be the elder statesman, perhaps. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. We got a moon. <laughs> We got a moon. What are we going to do with the moon? Just all right. <laughs> I think I'm just thinking of Interstellar now. Yeah, you are. Yes. Uh, now Halle Berry was also in John Wick Chapter Three, um, so she is she's very up on action movies. But I don't know if they can fight the moon. So I don't know. Like they were, they said to her in this press report, they're like, "Oh, action star Halle Berry." I don't know if that's going to come in. Due to the fact that I don't think you can punch the moon until it stops destroying Earth. That's that's fair. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Is, like, like action can mean a, a number of things. Like it can be, you know, she's hanging off the side of a rocket, kind of a deal. True. So I I think there's there's room there to like give give everyone a moment to shine, but then yeah. You get to the moon, and... <laughs> On one side, you've got these ragtag group. Other side, moon. I don't know what the stats are on, you know, height and length of reach and all that stuff, but I think the moon has it. In terms of mass, yeah. <laughs> in terms of mass, in, yes. I think in this movie there's going to be, like, a the, the NASA Council don't believe the moon is falling out of the sky. And so, <laughs> it's even though it's like on top of their building, it's like, no, about it's to crush them. Um, it's, a, it's just a windy day, Halley. Fuck off! And they're like, "No, you can't take a a, a, a spacecraft up." And so then it's like fan four stick, where they're all sitting oh, around in a circle, and they're like, "Why yeah. don't we just go?" And so the ragtag group they get drunk and they steal a space shuttle, and then yeah. they fly up to the moon and fix everything. And Jamie Bell is playing the muscle. Fuck! Oh, he could be the rookie. (laughs) He's the rookie, and he's (laughs) thirty-five. He's the rookie. He's a very slow grower. (laughs) Or Miles Teller, because he played that seventeen-year-old, even though he was clearly thirty. Why don't we just get the cast of Fan Four stick back? Oh my God, ragtag group, get the fantastic. No, Michael B. Jordan's never gonna appear. (laughs) He's never gonna do this. That's true. He's he's too talented for this. Yeah. And we thank him for that. Also, I found out the name. Remember last week when I was like, Roland Emmerich had a guy who's a second in command who did Geostorm? Yes. Um, His name was Dean Devlin. After the episode, I had to look it up because it was annoying me. Um, Dean Devlin co-wrote and co-produced every one of Roland Emmerich's films and his directorial debut was Geostorm. Okay, so he just said, Roland, can I have a script you're not using? Can I have a bad script that we co-wrote together? <laughs> yeah, but just change it a little so no one knows. <laughs> so that's more Moonfall news. I I read that. I'm really hoping next week we have even more. But are we going to have to... S- there's Emmerich news. Are we going to have to see this movie now when it comes out? I'd like to do a review of this movie, yes. Any movie that has the moon falling from the sky, just I'm all up with that. Okay, well, well, I'll commit to that then now, because this will come out in 2022, and we'll have all flown into the sun by then. There's no way we'll still be doing this. <laughs> 20- <So. laughs> 
<laughs> so it's fine. We'll have long killed yeah, each other by then. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're moving on to our next piece of news, and that is more Sony Spider-Man movie news, Sean. Now, it has come out that Sony are developing a whole universe of Sony... They've called it the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. That is the actual name. Or dubbed that Spunk. name. Spunk. <laughs> Jesus. It is Spunk. Spunk. Um, so they have they recently announced that they were doing a Madame Web, which... Uh, movie which everyone's kind of like that's a, a low key character why would you do anything on that but now they've uh, organised they're going to be doing a Spider-Man movie on a character called Jackpot and that is in development from the Arrowverse creator Mark Guggenheim Sean what do you know about Jackpot? There's not there's not a lot to know about Jackpot really mm. um, she was she was introduced first in like it was a, I think it was a free comics day kind of thing or something and she's just introduced as a hero with like super strength and stamina that kind of deal um then later on in comics there's another woman admires jackpot tracks down who the original jackpot was and the original jackpot is just like look i i I don't want to be a superhero anymore and so she takes up the mantle but to you know, she's not powered, so she gets uh, mutant growth hormone and like injects herself right. with like steroids, so she gets like super strength and stamina and mild invulnerability and things like that. But it's really lucky that she got the same powers. It really, yeah, you can't control that generally. <laughs> no. If you're injected anything just to see what happens, I think it's a it's a pot luck. You could end up with anything. And so there's. There's an appearance where, um, they, so now you have this new superhero on the scene with red hair, just like MJ. What? And so it's like, oh, is, it, is MJ secretly a superhero? And it turns out she's not. Mm. Um, it's no. a lady called. <laughs> There's nothing about that woman. It's a lady called Alana Jobson, I believe. Okay. Um, and then. It's, she's just like, yeah, I'm a superhero. And she's just a C-list superhero. She's not really involved in a whole lot. Which is, that's because literally I read this and I was like, I've never heard. Obviously, I've heard of the word jackpot, but maybe not in this context. Um, I've hit that. What the fuck have I hit? <laughs> Shit. No, I'm, not in this context. I have not heard the word jackpot. So when I find out they're doing, uh, they're putting this into development, it's always just like, what are they doing? Because they're doing Morbius. They are also uh, trying to plan movies around characters like Nightwatch, Silk, um, and Madame Web. So Sony are really trying to just drive this hope that they have every Spider-Man related thing. And so they have just free reign to choose like from like a thousand Spider-Man different characters. Yeah, which... It's... It, it, look, I like the the person attached to this... Um, Guggenheimer is that his name? Yeah, Mark Guggenheimer, Mark Guggenheimer. He's the co-creator of uh, Arrow. He has and, well the Arrowverse. Yeah, he has shown that he can do a lot with smaller characters. So to just do that, but with like movie budget instead of, you know, half of that budget spread over twenty-two episodes, I think that'll be very yeah, interesting. 
Yeah, and like Arrowverse, we have talked about how that fact that we fall off in regards to that show because there's just so much shit. But like season two of Arrow is amazing, and it's yeah. very nerdy, and it's and it's not a character you would do on the the TV if you were going to pick. This is a character we want people to like, but Arrow that works in that in the universe that he's created, and I think if you bring that same talent into this where you have a character that not many people would probably choose not many people have even heard of but you make them interesting in your own way and then you can throw in Tom Holland is the ace card here do you have Tom Holland did any of these spin-offs to try and level up these characters yeah I don't know I think I think you need them until you can set up like a Miles Morales or you know, any of the billions of Spider-Men that exist in the Marvel Universe. Mm. Like, until you have one of those that people like enough to be like, okay, we will take him as... Not take him, but we will accept and welcome him as the mainline Spider-Man now. Like, until that day comes, I think you need Tom Holland in it somewhere. Like, it, it, would you um, would you have Tom Holland and Miles Morales? We call Tom Holland Tom Holland, yeah. Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the same universe, or would you leave Miles Morales as kind of like that's another one of your? You only really have two Ace cards, which are the two of them. So would you leave Miles Morales until Tom Holland says, "Okay, I'm going to give up"? Yeah, like it's tough because Miles is now like kind of established in the animated world. So, I guess you could do what they did in the comics, which is that they existed in separate universes, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, but then... And you have the Spider-Verse. You do have the Spider-Verse, so that sets the precedent for there are different universes with different Spider-Men in them. But then, Mm. if you engineer an event that folds those two universes together, and you just, you know, you keep the bits that you like... Which Spider-Man has enough like cosmic villains that you could do, you could you could engineer that. So because like, so I think re- the reason, go on. I no, I think my like Miles Morales was in the Ultimates universe, and I'm almost positive he's one of the only things that remained after it got folded in because people liked him so much. Yeah, when you become people liked him as a character, so they're kind of like, well, we get rid of everything else, but bring him in. Yeah, exactly. Um, So in regards to Jackpot, I think why they've gone this route is because, as you said, Jackpot is a a female superhero in the Spider-Man world. And I think they've realised that if they're going to make this Spider-Man world, they can't just have all men. So, you know, in the best way possible, try and open it out. So you've got Spider-Gwen, but I don't know if you'd go Spider-Gwen straight away, because they've already done the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and that's kind of confusing, so they've kind of gone for different characters. Would you go for, um, uh, what's the, the Black Cat? Is that her name? Black Cat, yeah, Felicia Hardy. Um, I, I think she would be an amazing character if you're going to go that route, but would she, is she a villain though? So she's kind of, we don't want another anti-hero Morbius kind of thing. That's the thing, and that's that's exactly what will get levelled at that movie if it gets into production at all. Mm. Um, like, Black Cat is an interesting character, and she's got her own shit going on. Uh, but then you have a character like Silk, who is objectively the same as Peter Parker because like they had different upbringings they have different views but they were bitten by the exact same spider 
<laughs> what are the chances? What are the odds? <laughs> um, and but but see, then you still like they're, and then you have that they're not Spider Men; they're their own character, you know. Mm. So that like they they will get their own fans outside of oh that's another universe is Spider Man or that's another u- universe is Gwen Stacy, you know. If say if this all works out, they do bring out a Silk and they bring out a Jackpot. They bring out Spider Man, Silver Morbius, Sable, or anything like that. S- anything. Is there a scenario here where they have an Avengers like team up where they have seven or eight of these people? All coming together. Is that the is that the idea that they're going for? Maybe. I think we're definitely getting a Sinister Six movie at some point. Then you need a non-Sinister Six. A Super Six. Yeah, you need Spider-Pals. Like. Spider-Pals, yes. So if you throw a hit in spy, But see, Tom Holland uh, as a character has been shown to be very powerful. But if you throw in all these characters like ja- like Jackpot... Like Silk, like Nightwatch, um, and Morbius, I suppose, would have to be there because that's Jared Leto, and he's a big, he's a big name. Yeah. Um, and Venom, because he's an anti-hero. Uh, so there, or is Venom part of the Sinister Six? I don't know how this is gonna work. Yeah, that's that's a whole other issue based on how they portrayed Venom in his own movie. He but ate that man's head shot. He, he ate his head. Canonically chewed a man's brains. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and they cut back to Tom Hardy and he was chewing I don't know about that like I I wouldn't be surprised actually if once the Spumka kicks off like in in full force that that'll be after the contract with Marvel Studios has ended I imagine mm. and so um I'm afraid this. I think if you do want to keep Tom Holland as Spider-Man, Tom Holland's 24 now. True. So, so like by the time it happens, he could be near in 30. Like, and Fuck then it what you could have? Don't scare me. I know that boy will never <laughs> age. But uh, you could have, you know, 30-year-old Peter Parker, which is usually in the comics about the time that they bring in the 16-year-old. Spider-Man again, you know, in some form. Because nobody wants to read about a 30-year-old Spider-Man. Yeah, because he generally, like, he has his life sorted out by that point, really. Mm. He, like, he's he's usually happily married and whatever. And MJ is usually, like, a supermodel. And he's just, like, a dude who has loads of money and he's married to a supermodel wife and he's Spider-Man. Yeah, like, he he has everything. And and then, then the stories to give him conflict, like, they don't mean as much. Because it's just like it's like oh we know you're creating this for to stir up drama, whereas if it's like motivated by I'm failing school, but also if I don't swing about on webs, people will die. That's and and I'm sixteen, like that's an interesting uh, avenue to go down for a story. I think. I, I, I definitely think they were also I remember a few a while ago they were trying to do a Spider-Verse spin-off featuring all the the female uh, characters so Spider-Woman and Silk and Spider-Gwen were all going to get their own team up and I think that would be a really cool way of throwing these characters in say Jackpot or or whatever throw them into the Spider-Verse because 
that universe created Miles Morales, brought him into just modern culture. If you do a Spider-Verse spin-off with all the female characters, that's a great way of introducing all these characters as well in in a better way so you can show them in their absolute best, just animated, and then you move to the live action after that. Yeah, that's a really good way of doing it, I think. And it's it's not like they're all getting their own solo movie straight out of the gate and you're trying to, you know, like in Amazing Spider-Man, you're trying to set up sequels. It's like, mm. just have them exist as characters in, like, a Spider-Verse style where, like, people at this point, people would watch a Peter B. Parker movie or they'd watch a Spider-Man noir movie, I think. Like, and Oh, yeah, because Jay Johnson's amazing yeah. in that role. So it's because that people got introduced to those characters that's why people like them and that would be a really good way of even picking off the ones people like and getting rid of the ones people don't like before you put a hundred million dollars into a movie so like spider ham as much as the voice acting's very good i don't know if he's going to get his own money or a movie no so, but 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 when they start the sony streaming service out. when they start the sony <laughs> streaming service he'll probably get like animated shorts and shit but like it's a way to pick off the ones people like so even if you do that all female led team up and it's great maybe everybody loves Silk and Spider Woman but they're not big on Jackpot Spider Gwen I don't know what way they would work this out so then you just do you move forward with Spider Woman and Silk and you just kind of maybe even have the other two as uh, side characters rather than have their own unique storylines and their own movie yeah like there, there's a balance to find with all the characters and they all need to be balanced at the start and then you lean into the fan favourites, I think. Mm. Like, um, oh, sorry, oh. no, I was just going to say, like, the people people didn't know the Guardians of the Galaxy before they gave them all time to shine in their own movie and then put them into the rest of the world and had them interact with everyone. Yeah, they, there was no mention of anybody else. Because if that had died, they would have just forgotten them completely. Like the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's we always go back to the Guardians. Because if the Guardians could do it, literally anything could work. Exactly. It just takes it just takes the right director and the right writing. So, um, okay, we're going to move on to something involving writers. And something actually that I think sounds really good. Legally Blonde Tree, Sean. Oh, interesting. Uh, it has found its writers, and I have to say, they've done quite a good job. So, Legally Blonde Tree was confirmed to be in development, I think, like, last year, maybe the year before. Yeah. Um, but it's been kind of, like, in just in production, in development, and they have finally hired two writers that have uh, signed on to the project, and they are Mindy Kaling and Dan Gore. Oh, now, Jesus. Yes. If you don't know these people, Mindy Kaling, of course, uh, she was in The Office, and she's one of the, probably the best writers in Hollywood at the minute. She's, she's just an incredibly funny and very good actress and writer. Um, yeah, like she has the whole gamut of skills. And then you also have Dan Gore, who is known, I'll list this off, you've got, he wrote for The Daily Show and The Late Night with Code the Brian. He's a writer and director for Parks and Rec. And the co-creator of Brooklyn Nine Nine, that's a pretty good resume. The, the, yeah, and those are those aren't just comedies; those are funny fucking shows, like and, so and clever these, funny. You have these two very funny people coming together to write the story of a movie that I think people are, would genuinely watch if it's good. 
Absolutely. Like the first, the, both Legally Blondes are fantastic movies. <laughs> first one especially. First one especially. But he, like the second one does not. It it might not be as good as the first, but it's still like a ninety percent. If if Legally Blonde is on the TV, you watch it. Like it's if it's just on the TV, you're like sit down, yeah, let's watch this. Yeah, literally, and I've I've. It's also a good movie to like. If there's nothing on, and you're like, what will we watch? Legally Blonde's always a safe shout. <laughs> I love our love for Legally Blonde. It's pretty good. Um, I like it. I like when we just pick a random movie from early the early two thousands or like the nineties. We're like, that's good, and I don't know why it just is. Yeah, like it's that's good, good, and I won't hear a bad word said against it. Like Demolition Man. Like I mean, Demolition it's good, Man. but it's a bit weird. But De- Legally Blonde came out in two thousand and one. Shot Jesus two thousand and one, which is nineteen years ago now. So, uh, but now they've, they're bringing out the third one. They've got Mindy Kaling and they've got Dan Goyer. I mean, you've got Reese Witherspoon back in the lead role. That's a triangle of three people who are incredibly talented and incredibly funny. I think it's it's looking good. So in the, like at the end of the second one, the the what's set up is that she's going to run for president. Yes. Like those are two good people to be writing presidential based comedy I would feel oh no do you think do you think they won't do that now though because like of the whole <laughs> well you know the whole you know the uh, whole you know look I mean it won't come out for a year or two maybe, maybe. yeah anything could happen <laughs> for I just think I read that and I was like if I was to get two comedy writers for anything I think those two would be pretty high up on the list, even individually. But together, they are pretty strong. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I have, I have such high hopes for this movie, and I think it'll deliver as well. Uh, yeah, so I just, I wanted, I read that, and I was like, "Fucking hell, that's Sean. You need, Sean, you need to know about this." <laughs> and now <laughs> I do. Is, this is going to be good. Um, but one thing you need to know about Sean is the story we're finishing off this week with. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little thing called Justus Luig, oh. as they pronounce it. Uh, um, th- you use the traditional pronunciation. Thank you. The, just, Justus Lugu, right? Um, and it released the Snyder Cut. Has finally worked. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Is going to be released. Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to HBO Max. It was confirmed last week. Finally, after years of speculation and hashtags and petitions, it's finally happening. Sean, there's a lot to get into here. Please, just try and divulge any thoughts you have. Okay, I fully thought that this cut didn't exist. Yes. And now I've been proven wrong, but it still hasn't released. So we'll just, we'll leave that there. It's not out till 2021. I think that's enough time to put together a brand new cut and call it the Snyder Cut. (laughs) True. They just put up Titanic. Fucking nailed it. They put up Watchmen is what they do. (laughs) They will. Um, I said the wrong tape. Fuck. Ah, lads. Um, Like, this has to be good now, does it? Like, this has to be the best. This has to be better than Endgame (laughs) for people to... (laughs) 
like to feel that it lived up to the hype. Because if this is a <laughs> grand movie, that's not good enough for the internet, no. I don't feel. I hadn't even thought of that, but that is a very good point. So if everyone doesn't know the news about this, um, why this is such a big deal. But Zack Snyder, uh, he was director of Batman vs Superman. And he was down to direct Justice League, the DCEU or AU, no EU, and yeah. um, and they were they were driving this team home. They were like, we got our own Avengers. This is the Justice League. We've got Batman. We've got Superman. They're all here. Now he was halfway through the production of Justice League. Obviously, Batman vs Superman came out to rapturous applause. <laughs> Everybody thought nailed it. A standing ovation. Standing ovation multiple times. I thought it was the best movie I've ever seen. So I could not wait for Justice League. And so Justice League came out. and um, But during the production, Zack Snyder, unfortunately, his daughter passed away. So he stepped away from the production. I think it was three quarters of the way done. Joss Whedon came in. And Joss Whedon had to finish up the movie. So that he did lots of reshoots. And just kind of rewrote a few scenes until the movie was finished. Um, the movie came out to, I wouldn't even say middling, I would say less than middling reviews. Yeah, I would um, say overwhelmingly negative. Yeah, where people people were like, it's not terrible, but it's just not good. Yeah. And so, um, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to say it. So people were basically saying, Joss Whedon took what was supposedly an amazing cut by Zack Snyder. And he bastardized it. Shot, he ruined it. And so, people for all this time, since that movie came out, were like, release the Snyder Cut. We need a full cut by Zack Snyder, what his vision was. Joss Whedon came and he ruined that vision. So, Zack Snyder's the only man who knows what he's thinking, which has been shown in Batman vs Superman to be fucking nailed, perfect, straight mm. to the characters, oh absolutely nailed, Guns. never got wrong once. Um, and so, he did this again. Now, originally, his cut... Was going to be wait, near the shot. Two hundred and fourteen minutes long. What he had? Two hundred and fourteen minutes long was his cut before he edited it down. That's how much f- they shot. Fucking hours of footage that was cut on the that has been on the floor. So there's a lot of footage to choose from that they can throw back into this movie. He had a whole plot line with Cyborg that was in the trailer. Fair enough. Yeah. You see, um, he had a whole other plot line with the Flash. And with Aquaman. And so all that stuff in the movie is just Joss Whedon cutting it down to the bare minimum you can get away with. But there's a lot more footage out there somewhere. Zack Snyder's Justice League also had Dark Side at one stage. It was it was a whole thing. Yeah, like the thing is, there needs to be a lot more footage because what we got on screen no matter what how you edit that, I think that's not entertaining to watch. No. So he need like there there has to be just another movie that they cut out somewhere. Do you know how much money this is going to cost to re this new project to kind of fix it up? Two hundred million dollars. <laughs> fuck's sake! You always go way over ah, it and make the number sound like shit. Four hundred um, euro. Twenty to thirty million dollars. Fucking two hundred million. <laughs> But $30 million of a movie that's already come out is still a lot of fucking money. That's true, and that's like, you could make a movie for that much. Mm, I think Deadpool 1 cost $50 million, so 20 to 30 million. Yeah, and didn't didn't Joker cost like 13 or something like that? 
Oh Jesus! Don't get started. No, Joker was madly successful money. as well. Ah, uh, God! Don't talk to me. Everyone don't loved it. <laughs> Universally loved, actually. Joker was <laughs> like Batman versus Superman. You think that's better so, than Joker? Um, yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. You stand by that. Mm, stand by it. Standing by it. Fair enough. Um, see, Batman vs Superman has a scene in the warehouse. Ah, oh, there's a good warehouse. But Joker has that <laughs> scene on the steps. Fuck off. <laughs> so today, today, following a screening of his 2013 masterpiece, this was, sorry, last week, following a screening of his 2013 masterpiece, Man of Steel, masterpiece used very loosely there, on his preferred Kent social just media tool. hugs a tornado. <laughs> oh no! If only my son had superpowers, he could save me! He could save me, and um, no one would question it. Nobody. Uh, Snyder unveiled his plans that shortly after that announcement, HBO Max took the social media to confirm that the Justice League, Snyder, Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League would be coming to HBO Max. Now, this it's up in the air whether it's going to be one whole movie or it's going to be cut into four or five to separate parts on HBO Max. Shaw, which is worse? Oh, God. Like, that's... A, like, hmm... If he cut it as a movie, don't just chop it into 45-minute segments, if that makes sense. Like Avatar is going to do. Like Avatar is going to do. Yeah. But do do it the best way, is all I can say. Oh, Lord. Uh, there's so much. So, <laughs> I'm already sighing just even thinking about this. Um, yes, so Zack Snyder, his Justice League. How much footage must he have... To be like, there's got to be like four hours long in this fucking thing. Yeah, if four hours is like the cut, presumably he's narrowed that down. Surely a movie gets cut because you take out the things that aren't as good as other scenes. Like, if this was the way, then every movie would be four hours long. Because every director shoots hours upon hours and then they get rid of it to make it the most seamless and just mainstream, or streamline it. They streamline it so that it it comes across in the best way possible but normally what happens is why you end up with a four hour movie is because the director's like everything's amazing but it makes everything worse because everything's so long oh like Watchmen yeah <laughs> who did that Zach 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 wait a minute <laughs> I will say I don't hate Watchmen I just think it's a bit long the the what is supposedly the definitive edition is a bit too long for me. It does have that those people having sex in the blimp to... What's the song? Um, oh, fuck. Fuck, what song plays? Well, oh, that's the worst That's the worst scene ever in any movie. No, no, I didn't have a problem with that scene. <laughs> I'm all in with that. How I do watched I go- that with my parents. We all fucking <laughs> yeah. loved it. How do I Google what that song is without... <laughs> is it? Is it Hallelujah? Oh, is it Hallelujah? It might be Hallelujah. Yes. I think it's Hallelujah. People are <laughs> shouting at their phones right now listening to this. Oh, man. Do you want me to do a Googs? Just no, to make it sure. Is, but I think it, it's Hallelujah. It is Hallelujah. Yeah. Like, you ever put a sexy to Hallelujah? No. Well, fucking Zack Snyder has. Exactly. And did fucking uh, Steven Spielberg ever put a sexy into Hallelujah? No. No. Zack Snyder has Roland Emmerich would do that Roland <laughs> to em- be fair Roland Emmerich is working on that right now it's going to be, you're, <laughs> someone's going to have sex with the moon to hallelujah 
Palamonia. Oh, very good. Um, very good. So, the Justice League coming out, Sean, has led to so many other questions. This Snyder Cut, it's been, it's been hashtagged so many fucking times. People are mad about this Snyder Cut. They think it's going to be the best movie ever because Zack Snyder, as we all know, greatest movie maker of all time. We need this Snyder Cut. It can't go wrong. But, does this not mean a whole host of other problems in regards to is there a Justice League 2? That's if this the is good? thing. If, like, if people love this, mm. like, Affleck's not coming back. Also, this is coming out in 2021, which is the same year that the Batman is coming out in 2021. Is this a way for Zack Snyder to say, fuck you? Because then you have two movies... Well, if this comes out with HBO Max, it's not a cinematic release. But you have two properties that both have different Batman in the DCEU the same year. That is odd, I'll grant you. Mm. I, um, Affleck's not coming back. Cavill's not coming back. No, he hates Superman. <laughs> well, he loves Superman, but he hates these movies. Yeah, like, and he's, he's quite happy being The Witcher. And Jason Momoa is mad about the Zack Snyder cut, in fairness. Yeah. He is tweeting non-stop about it. Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, is also all about this, because, of course, he feels a bit let down by he, the final Yeah, he was absolutely hard done by in those movies. Yes, because Cyborg is just useless in that movie. But Cyborg as a character is very interesting. And if they shot it right, it would be a very interesting origin story. But I... Like, I think that... Go on. So I was going to say, in the original stages, wasn't Justice League supposed to be a two-parter? Yes. And that it ends with evil the, Superman? Yeah, so originally uh, the two parts were that Superman, of course, dies in Batman vs. Superman because cinema classic, everybody stand ovation, everybody amazing, right? Martha. But, <laughs> Martha, fucking, we all cried. But um, he, of course, died after his massive arc of a movie and a half. And he, he was dead. And so... Stone dead, um, dead forever. Dead forever, he's never coming back. Until the very next movie, Justice League, which was meant to be two parts, and part one was going to end with them bringing Superman back. It was going to be black suit Superman, he's going to have a bullet, and he was going to be evil. Um, and it was basically... So they kind of did that in the movie where he comes back and just beats the shit out of the whole team. Yeah, but it lasts five um, minutes and has no impact. Yeah, but the first part was going to end where he was going to come back slightly evil and then the second part was them bringing him back to the good side. Um, and he was going to have the cool black suit and the mullet and everybody was all about that. And I think that in the Justice League it's done way worse. But the real, the real thing you have to think about here is is it good? Are you willing to sacrifice like this just to watch a two-parter where Henry Cavill comes back as black suit Superman with a mullet is it worth it I hmm <laughs> I think in a better movie it would be okay and if that's what it takes to make it a better movie maybe it's maybe it's worth it like, I, and this is from all the footage they've already shot because there's going to be no reshoots the most they're going to do is bring people back in just to do voiceovers but there's going to be no actual reshoots of scenes yeah, and the moustache will still have to be edited out. Still out, still out, yes. But I think this is absolutely just a way to sell HBO Max subscriptions, isn't it? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm not a cynical boy, but I never even thought of that. But yes, no, does does Zack Snyder have some sort of deal with HBO Max is the real question. Maybe. I th- is he a producer on the Watchmen series? Oh, he is. Like, that, like, I'm sure, look, I'm sure he talks to many studios at many times. Mm. But. Mm. I, I, I do think this is the way it's like, oh, let's get every DC fan, like every hardcore DC fan who wants to watch it, just get them to sign up to HBO Max. This So no, along with Justice League 2, this also raises another question I have for you, Sean, that does the Snyder Cut release set a new precedent that every movie that has ever been troubled by development or behind-the-scenes problems gets a remake Recut by the original directors because I have some examples here. What about Rogue One, Sean? Huh? What about Rogue One? I think Rogue One is fine as it is. I think it's. Just, I think. I think it's a grand movie. What about Lord and Miller's solo film? There is a Lord and Miller solo film. They got kicked off it. What's up with that? I don't think They've they got... filmed enough to make a movie. What about the original Suicide Squad cut by David Ayer? What if we let him do a movie? Then Suicide Squad could be massive. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one, actually. There you go. Uh, I don't know. Is the answer to that? <laughs> but now we're going to get a whole host of other movies that are half done and recut. Well, well maybe on the on the counter side, maybe if this is a success. Maybe it's used as an example that studios can be like, look, trust the director and we'll get... Ah, yeah, but this is, this is kind of a different thing just in regards that he had to step away because of tragedy, which is fair enough. And Joss Whedon is put in an impossible position here because imagine you're Joss Whedon at this moment. Obviously, bad guy now. Yeah. But... Um, bad guy then. <laughs> bad guy then too. But you're like, well, fuck me then. <laughs> Everyone's like, you're shit. This one's going to be way better. I think he already got paid, so he doesn't give a shit. What if this movie's not good? I don't think it will be. No. I th- like. I think... Th- look, that, that film is weak, and the plot points that we see are weak. But also, like, the portrayal of characters that we see is, is, is not good. Like, and I'm talking about Batman. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you're talking about Batman. I don't think a, I don't think a long I don't think more of that is going to fix the problems with Batman. I think more movie. is always better. Give me more. It's I don't think that's what you want. <laughs> I no I do. I do want more. I want more of that Ben Ben Affleck's Batman is the best part of Batman vs Superman. And so he definitely didn't phone it in in this movie. And I'm really thinking he's nailed it. I just <laughs> It's all a bit... Oh my god, I thought of another one. What? Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Now Get that, is... that man back into the fucking boot. I would want to see that, actually. <laughs> so, in, like, uh, release the Trank cut? Did release the Trank cut, yes. Release the Trank cut. Let's get that hashtag going. Let's hashtag um... that shit. <laughs> I just... I have, to be honest with you, I have no interest in watching the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, but um, we have to. 
Now, here's the thing. But there's people who are mad about this, and they love the fact that this movie's coming out. And I'm not going to shit on the fact that they're excited about it. Personally, I have no excitement for this movie because Justice League is so out of my consciousness that it happened, and then I tried to immediately forget it and just forget the whole DCEU because Robert Pattinson's already come in to replace it anyway. Yes. Um, I like if you're Zack Snyder, you are he's risking a lot personally on this cut. I think that like it it needs to be good or people won't trust his judgment. I suppose. Batman vs Superman. Universally loved. <laughs> you know, sorry, no, you're right. Once again, universally loved. That's a showing of how perfect his usual thoughts are. And so his thoughts on this movie are clearly unbiased. See, I this is this is fascinating to me because if Batman vs Superman was an amazing movie, I would completely understand the fact that he got taken off Justice League and everyone's like, oh man, like I really want to see that cut. But Batman vs Superman is universally like split down the middle. Like you either love it or you hate it. Which I think I mean people can like it, but I mean Let's, mm, if you're still Sean? thinking about it you're one or the other oh, oh, Sean please <laughs> don't make me go back to watch it but like even it, it wasn't universally loved so I don't understand why this is such a strong stance that people have taken yeah I think I think it's because Justice League was such a universally disliked movie that there's like look anything will be better than this it has to be better. And yeah. the cut has to be better. They just want a good cut of Justice League, I think. I don't think that cut exists. I think there's probably a cut that's better than the one we got. But yeah, I don't but think I, it's a cut that's going to be amazing. No, I don't think we're going to get the definitive ever-to-be-made Justice League movie here. <sighs> right, Zack Snyder, you're back. $30 million, remake Justice League. We're getting it again, lads. Everyone strap in. You've got a year. Wait. Ben Affleck's like fuck I, I was out I was out I was free <laughs> dickheads um, so Sean I think that's it for Movie Mondays this week what a week of actual news actual news uh, shall I take us out Connor please take us out thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays we'll be back on Wednesday with Weirdness Wednesday Friday with Hero Zero and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays big thank you as always to Every single damn one of our patrons. Oh, fucking hell. That was very aggressive. Sorry, is there is there something wrong with my presentation? Sorry, Every man. fucking damn one. Do, <laughs> Fuck you. Do you sorry, actually so, sorry. Do you want to do you want to try and hazard a guess at saying <laughs> the URL of our Patreon? <laughs> um, oh boys, okay. Right. Um Patreon dot com forward slash here's from here podcast he fucking did it in one and all yes well done Connor fucking nailed it big thank you to everyone who supports us over there including Alexander Williams Kira Lawler David Clark Ed Ball Joe Burney Ray Ging Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson you are all amazing thank you so so much for continuing to support the show it really means a lot um, as we mentioned up top uh, we did our Patreon exclusive Lazarus Pit or Pelp episode which is where we look back at one movie from the past, usually comic book slash nerdy related, um, and we just have a chat about it and what we thought of it. Um, this month's episode was The Phantom Menace, 
So any Star Wars fans that might be of interest to you, we absolutely align with what you think of that movie. <laughs> Whatever it is you think specifically, we nailed it. We're just talking vague sentences about it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a movie. Oh, and it the, came out. The Pixels. And there's actors. Pixels, pixels were there. I remember the Pixels. I saw yeah, all the Pixels. Right. Uh, we're also on all of the social medias. Or you can email us here for underscore outlook.com. The best way you can help out the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just a one. Or liking and reviewing us on iTunes. Mm. But I think that's about it. I think you've nailed it, Sean. Thanks a million, um, So. <laughs> so I've got it all. I've been Sean. See you next week, guys. Bye. 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 